0: The Bible says God never wastes a pain. You never go through anything that is painful that God allows to go to waste. So that we can comfort others when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same encouragement that God gave us.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the series, Encouragement for Discouraging Times, where we're learning that the God of the Bible is a God of encouragement. Perhaps today you're feeling very discouraged due to various circumstances or maybe even a personal failure. If so, then stay tuned. We're going to see from God's Word that the Lord wants to stand you on your feet and encourage you to get back in the race. So let's go right to the message, How God Encourages Us. The first thing I want to know is, Lord, i got to know this. you got to tell me this right up front. Are you with me in this work? Because if you're not going with me, don't let me go. Keep me right where I am until I know that you're in front of me, behind me, beside me, above me, below me, and carrying me. I got to know that your presence, Lord, is with me. And when I know he's with me, I'm as bold as a lion. When I know He's with me, I can go through anything. I can walk through any valley. I can climb any mountain. I can survive any fire or flood. I can do anything when I know He's with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when He's with me. Amen. Thank God for His presence. Now, let me just make a little distinction here. He's not just with us in the trial. He's not just with you in the fire. He's not just with you in the oven. He's not just there when you're going through a valley, but he's in it with you. He's in it with you. Oh, I love the Lord. I love his word. You know, I tell myself on the way to church today, I said, now, Jeff, today it's raining real hard probably be a little bit light. Some people will be gone. So why don't you try settling down a little bit? Why don't you try just being conversational? And I get up here and I start reading the Word, and I completely lose it. I can't help it because the Word of God moves me. The Word of God moves me. Listen, folks, the Word of God ought to move you. The Word of God ought to make you tremble. The Word of God ought to make you shout. The Word of God ought to make you hungry and thirsty. The Word of God ought to stand you on your feet and set you in a good path. The Word of God. It's a good word. And people that aren't excited about the word of God need to get that way. Well, I'm not going to become that way. I just think it sounds a little bit fanatical. Oh, please. People will put cheese on their head and paint their skin green and stand in the middle of a freezing winter to shout somebody down a field carrying a pigskin. If they can do that, I can shout over the word of the Lord. Come on. So I want you to say with me, he's with me in it. Listen to Deuteronomy 31.6. Moses told young Joshua who needed to be encouraged, he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua, the Lord is in this journey with you. He's in the trial. He's in the testing. He's with you in the fiery oven. He's with you in the raging rivers. He's in it with you. Isaiah 41.10, this is one of my all-time favorite verses. It says, so do not fear, God says to us, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a great passage. You know, I was thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here they were. They were in Babylon, a totally idolatrous culture. And Nebuchadnezzar was a megalomaniac. Nebuchadnezzar wanted himself to be worshipped. And so he built a great big statue to himself. And he commanded everyone in the kingdom of Babylon, when trumpets were blown, they were to bow down and worship this statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know what, king, we just can't do that. If God delivers us, then he'll deliver us. But if not, we still cannot bow down to you and commit idolatry and worship an image of you. We only worship God. And it says that Nebuchadnezzar commanded that the oven be turned up Many times hotter than normal. This oven was so hot that when they took the three Hebrew children to throw them in the fire, it incinerated the ones who threw them into the fire. But they went in there tied up. They went down into that burning, fiery oven tied up. And down they went into this roaring, raging fire. And Nebuchadnezzar, don't know how much time went by, but he finally decided to look down there. And you know the rest of the story. All of a sudden, he noticed that there was a mystical, mysterious fourth man down there with them. He looks down there. He sees a mystical, mysterious fourth man. He said, didn't we throw three down there? They said, yes, O king, we did. Then what is this fourth one that I see down there? And then he noted something. He said, the ropes that had tied Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been burned off, but they're alive down there walking around with this fourth man. Now, the fourth man was a Christophany. That means it was an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament before he became a human being. It happened over and over again in the Bible. So you've got Jesus is down in that oven. And the Bible says the king looked down and said, Look, I see four men. They're untied, walking in the middle of the fire. And they are unharmed. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Man. Man. Now I want you to notice where he was. It says he's in the middle of the fire. He wasn't on the outside of the oven shouting down to them, Hey guys, hang on. It's going to be okay. This will be done soon. No, the fourth man got in it. He got in it. He got in their fire, in their pain, in their trial, in their test. And he was walking around in the midst of the fire. And I want you to notice what happened when The Son of God gets into your trouble with you. That which bound you is going to come loose. He burns off the ropes that bound you, the chains that held you, and you come out of the burning, fiery oven freer than when you went in. So everybody say, he's in it. The fourth man was in the middle of the fire with them. He was in it. And he's with you in it today, whatever it is for you. He's in it. He's not on the outside looking in. He's not hoping for the best for you. He's going to get in that fire with you, and he's going to strengthen you and encourage you. And that's encouraging to me. The presence of God is with me. Now, there's another way he encourages us. I love this. The Bible says he comforts us. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. He comforts us in all of our troubles. How many of them? All our troubles. He comforts us. Now, that word comfort means to encourage. When you see the word comfort in the Bible, it's totally synonymous with encourage. So we can put it this way. He encourages us in all our troubles. It also means to be strengthened by consolation. And we are consoled by his word. So when we get into a trial, it's a guarantee, it's a promise. It's not a hope so, maybe so, perhaps so. But it's a promise. When I'm in a trial, when I'm in the fire, when I'm struggling, when I don't think I can take another step, when I'm worn out, when I'm beat down, when I am really discouraged, it says God encourages by strengthening and consoling us and comforting us in the Holy Ghost. And Bible comfort, just to be clarified, make a little distinction here. Bible comfort is not the same word as our word comfortable. It has nothing to do with comfortable. God does way more for us than make us comfortable when he comforts us. Now, I love being comfortable. Some of you love these chairs because they have lumbar backs and you're more comfortable. If we put metal chairs in here, some of you would find another church because you're not comfortable enough. I've got a chair in my house that when I come home from preaching and I'm tired and I'm drained, I look for that chair. I go straight for that chair. I get in that chair. That chair is shaped like me now. I get in that chair, and I just love leaning back and just say, oh, Lord, thank you for what you did today. And I really like it when I open my eyes, and my dogs are all in their little beds in the living room, and they're comfortable too. And I look over at the couch, and Kathy is sitting there, and she's comfortable too. And we just have a great big happy comfortable house. I love that but that is not what he's saying here. He's not saying God makes you comfortable. No, no. The word comfort is way stronger than that. When God comforts you in your trial, he speaks a word to your heart. Have you ever noticed that one word from God can stand you on your feet? One word from God can put the zest back in your step. One word from God can put the sparkle back in your eye, can get you up and moving again. One word from God can chase away the fog and remove the blues from your soul. And that's what he does. He speaks a word and that's how he comforts us and encourages us. And when God speaks that word, he strengthens your faith He puts oil in your lamp. He lifts your depression. He restores your hope. He clarifies your calling and he lightens your path. When God speaks a word, Bible comfort comes when God speaks a word to your heart. And that one word from God turns night into day and stands you on your feet again. Bible comfort pulls you off the sidelines and gets you back into the game. That's Bible comfort. The Bible literally calls our God the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort, meaning the God of all strengthening, the God of all encouraging. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and say it with me, God of all comfort. Let's try that again. One, two, three. God of all comfort. That's our God. Can we give him a hand of praise for that today? Amen. He's the God of all comfort. Isaiah says, I, even I, this is God speaking through the prophet. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass? Don't fear the opinion of men. When you're being persecuted, I, even I, am he who comforts you. He comforts us through the peace that passes all understanding. You know what that means? Everything around you is going crazy. You're in major negative circumstances. You're in a storm in life, and yet you've got peace, and that doesn't make sense to a logical mind. How can you have peace in the middle of all this trouble? Because it's the peace that passes all logical understanding. It comes from God. It is supernatural. I can have peace in the middle of a storm, peace in the middle of a burning, fiery oven. I can have God's peace. It passes understanding. And the Bible says, and this is free, I'm going to throw this in. The Bible says God never wastes a pain. You never go through anything that is painful that God allows to go to waste. It says he steps into our pain and trouble, into it, into it. He's with us in it, and he encourages us. And then it says, so that we can comfort others when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort, encouragement, strengthening that God gave us. God says, you going through pain today? Hang on. I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to make it serve me. I'm going to work it to my glory. I'm going to bring about that you become a great encourager because you were encouraged. You know, encouraged people encourage people. Strengthened people strengthen people. And so God is going to make you as he has me, a stronger encourager because of what you've been through. And he brought you out on the other side, and you've got a testimony. And you know what a testimony is? It's when you've had a test and some moaning. You get a testimony when you go through some tests and some moaning. But then you've got a testimony. And a testimony is to the glory of God, and it's going to strengthen other people. God never wastes a pain. So he encourages us by the promise of his presence, the comfort of his word. And I want to share one last thing. He encourages us by the gentleness of his dealings. Gentle Jesus. Listen to how Isaiah the prophet describes Jesus. He said, the Messiah is coming. Let me tell you what he's going to be like. He said, he will not crush the bruised reed. He will not put out a flickering candle. Now, there's two types of people described here in those metaphors. One is bruised. The other is burned out. The bruised reed, the flickering candle. Bruised and burned out, two types of people. First, let me look at the bruised reed. We've all been at a lake or a pond or a creek where you see those reeds sticking up out of the water. In Texas, they're called cattails. And they're sticking up out of the water, and there's usually a great big bunch of them. And if you'll look at them closely, you'll notice that some of them have been broken. They're bent. They're broken. They're bruised. And he's using those cattails, those reeds, to describe people. And he's saying the discouraged person is like one of those bruised reeds. That's what they're like. The bruised reed has received a wound. Something has struck it, maybe an animal has stepped on it, or a storm has assailed it. But whatever it was that came on that reed, the reed now is bent, it's broken, it's bruised. It's not what it used to be. The word bruised means that which is broken or crushed, but not entirely broken off. In other words, it's still alive, it's just bruised, it's limping through life. It droops, it can't stand upright, it's bent, it's damaged, but it's still alive. And it's the picture of a person who has been bruised, who has been bruised by life. Life bruises you. I don't care if you're safe, spirit-filled, and have been since you were two years old in your mother's arms. You still get hurt by life. Somebody walks out on you. Somebody betrays you. Somebody hurts you. Something doesn't go your way. Life happens. Something unexpected comes your way, and it bruises you, and it hurts you, and it breaks your heart, and it shatters you, and it challenges your faith. A storm comes and wounds you, and now you're bent down by discouragement, the bruised reed. You can't stand upright, meaning you can't walk in your full potential in God because you've been hurt or crushed. You're limping. There are people that come come in here all the time, bleeding on the inside because life has happened. And I'm not going to tell you a lie that if you get saved, everything's going to be fine. You're not going to have any trials. It's all going to be one great big happy bubble. That's a big lie. Paul was hurt, Peter was hurt, John was hurt, Jude was hurt, James was hurt, Jesus was hurt. Now hold that thought for a minute, let me go to the candle. The candle that once burned brightly but now only flickers is that person who has lost their zeal. You're the one that used to walk through the door every time the doors were open. You witnessed to everything that moved and sometimes things that didn't move. You were excited about Jesus, always in the Word, always in prayer, always talking up God. And then something happened. Life happened. Decisions were made. And the candle now, as described by Isaiah, is flickering. We've all seen it. You've got a bright, shining candle. When it gets down to the end, there's that little bitty, bare flicker. It's just about to go out. And that's you. The oil in your lamp is low. You have little strength left, and the flame of spiritual fire that used to identify you and shine brightly is now that fading flicker. You feel like you're about to go out, and you know what that is? That's burnout. We call that burnout. We call it burnout. Life has taken its toll. Here's what happened, more than likely. You were so busy with the work of the Lord, you didn't spend time with the Lord of the work. Because when we spend time with the Lord of the work, we replenish the oil in our lamp. Like the song says, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. So when we spend time with Jesus, the oil is replenished. But when you get so busy with life and distractions and worries and cares that that time with him, Fades away, then you wake up one day and the thrill is gone, and the zest is gone, and the zeal is gone, and you've got to make yourself go to church because you don't feel like going to church. What used to be fire is now duty. In both cases, listen to what it says about Jesus the bruised reed, he will not break. Here you are, bruised reed. Oh, I made such terrible mistakes. I'm so broken. I've been so hurt. Surely, oh, no, here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Surely he's going to finish me off. Surely he's going to finish me off because of my condition. He's just going to finish me off. And he comes up and he speaks a word. You're going to get up again. You're going to live again. You're going to walk in the calling again. You're going to have fire again. You're going to have joy again. You're going to have that divine want to do again. I am not here to crush you. I'm here to gently restore you. And that's encouragement. So rather than being harsh and demanding, he's gentle. And then he comes to the flickering flame. And we think he's going to say, my, look at you. You used to burn. What am I going to do with you? I think I'll just shelf you because you let this happen to you. Why did you let this happen? And we picture Jesus kind of getting onto our case. But it says he will not quench the flickering flame, but the gentleness of Jesus will speak a word, and he'll fan into flame again the fire that used to identify you. I'm going to close with this quick story. Two men on the road to Emmaus. If anybody's discouraged in the New Testament, it's them. They watched their hero get beaten beyond recognition, be hung on a cross, died. They watched him taken down, and their dream and their vision and their hero perish all in one moment. They're confused, they're disillusioned, they don't know what to do. Jerusalem is just too confusing for them, so they say to each other, let's get out of town, let's take a break, let's go to Emmaus and chill out. And they're walking on the road to Emmaus. And as they're walking along, a stranger comes up to them. said, hey, now this is the revised Wickwire version. Hey, what's up? Are you the only one in all of Jerusalem who doesn't know what has just transpired with Jesus of Nazareth? And they begin to witness to Jesus about Jesus. And then Jesus says to them, let me tell you something. Oh, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. And it says he opened up the Bible to them and shared with them from Moses down through all the prophets, everything concerning him. And all of a sudden, they're at Emmaus. After this wonderful walk and talk with this stranger, they're at Emmaus, and he acts like he's going to go on. And they say, oh, no, no, please don't leave. We've we got to like talking to you. Come join us. So they go in, they sit at a table, they take a piece of bread, they break it, and their eyes are open, and they realize that it's Jesus, and he disappears. And then they said something. Oh, it was him. Did not our hearts burn within us? As he walked with us by the way and opened to us the Scriptures, They had Holy Ghost heartburn. The only heartburn you want is Holy Ghost heartburn. They had Holy Ghost heartburn. Their heart was on fire when it had been a barely flickering candle. When he walked up to them, when he walked away, it was a raging fire. He had fanned the flame by ministering the word of God. He was gentle Jesus with them. And he is with you today. Now, I want you to say with me, God encourages me. By the promise of his presence, the comfort of his word, and the gentleness of his dealings. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you are encouraged in the Lord. And speaking of encouragement, we here at Life Talk have been so encouraged by your feedback telling us how life talk has blessed you please keep those testimonies coming we love hearing your story and don't forget to check out our website at lifetalkradio.us once again that's lifetalkradio.us and join me again next time for another exciting message from our life-changing series encouragement for discouraging times when we're going to study the fruit of encouragement Until then, may God bless you richly, is my prayer. How God Encourages Us is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Encouragement in Discouraging Times. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series Encouragement in Discouraging Times, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111.